everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Today we are reading Isaiah 37 to 39, as well as Psalm 76. And there's quite a few things going on here. Uh, I would suggest if you didn't listen to yesterday's episode, it would be helpful um, because Isaiah 36 and 37 kind of go together. It's kind of this idea of the Assyrians attacking Judah and coming up against like the outer edge of Jerusalem. So there's a lot going on there. Uh, and then you have this weird situation where Hezekiah is supposed to die, maybe, <laughs> but prays and doesn't. Um, and then we have a psalm. Well, what got me there is we're kind of at the end of Hezekiah, or at least pretty darn close to the end. Um, and I think we met when we first learned of him, when he first hit the scene, he was a unique king and that he took down everything. He took he actually took down the high places that were making sacrifices and worshiping other gods. He was one that was very unique to most all kings that we have read about, learned about, whatever. So another point about King Hezekiah is not only after he's asked for these extra years and potentially turned like a not so great corner. In chapter 39, we hear more prophecy from Isaiah telling Hezekiah like, hey, you need to pull it together because you will be completely ransacked. You will have everything taken from you and you will be carried off to Babylon. And Hezekiah kind of gets this like prideful, like, I don't really give a crap kind of attitude and says something along the lines of like, well, not in my lifetime. So it doesn't bother me a whole, whole lot. Um, so you, we go from this really honorable, um, exciting leadership figure king for these people. And all of a sudden he's getting like super full of himself. Um, and I guess kind of that king, that king label is kind of getting to his head a little bit because he's, he's not listening to God's prophets. And he's also getting to the point where he's like, I guess almost feels like he's, um, he's like out one death because the Lord heals him and gives him more time. It, it's really odd because Hezekiah is a really encouraging figure for the most part. Yeah. Like we, we see him in chapter 37 uh, this is when Jerusalem is about to be attacked. Like Sennacherib sends him a letter that is like, I'm going to destroy you basically. Mm -hmm. And I, um, Hezekiah, not Isaiah, Hezekiah takes the letter to the temple and spreads it out before God and lays on his face and is like, God, Say here's this. what he's saying. You need to do something about this. So that yeah. is like, man, I want to be faithful like Hezekiah. That's so cool mm -hmm. that he could have done any number of things. And instead he goes straight to the Lord and says, God, you need to help me. Um, side note, Sennacherib's prism, which we talked about yesterday, which is like this archaeological find that proves this story is correct, um, says that Sennacherib, he, he is recording the events. It says that he penned up Hezekiah in Jerusalem like a bird in a cage. And so we see this happening. Like Hezekiah mm -hmm. is trapped. He goes to the Lord. The Lord says, fine, I will deliver you. And, and he does in miraculous fashion. Then we see Isaiah coming to Hezekiah and saying, Hezekiah, uh, this is in chapter 38, you're sick, set your house in order, you're going to die. And Hezekiah is like, nope, I'm going straight to the Lord. And that's also like, wow, 
How cool is that? He just goes straight to God with his problems. That is amazing. Um, the weird thing is that God hears his prayer and says, fine, I'll let you live 15 more years. Um, so I love this story. I, I wish I had a good answer for this story. I do not. If you're like a huge God is sovereign fan, you have to explain why Hezekiah is able to pray mm-hmm. and change God's mind. I guess you could say that like God was testing him or something and never intended to actually kill Hezekiah, I guess. It, it's or tricky. Maybe even like other prophets before, like Moses has been the same way. This is a clear instance where Hezekiah asked for something and God's will seems to have changed um, because of Hezekiah's faithfulness. Um, and then the, these 15 years that he gets, we don't know a lot about them um, other than Isaiah also comes to him and says, hey, there's going to be a ton of destruction. He's like, well, is it going to happen when I'm alive? He's like, no. He's like, oh, okay, cool. And I don't really care, which is terrible. So I guess something that I always um, get stuck on, I am a perfectionist at heart, (laughs) which is often detrimental to myself and to the people around me. So when I hear about a king like Hezekiah, I'm like, oh man, that's so great. He was so good. He was so good. He was so good. And then when he's not, it's like such a disappointment to me. Like, oh man. But I guess expecting perfection from these kings or even from just humanity in general, like there's always going to be some moment of disappointment. Um, But what's exciting is what Isaiah often prophesied about is the coming of a king who was perfect, who is perfect, yeah. and will always be. That's a really good insight, actually. Like, it, it's really tempting reading these stories to find our hope in these characters. Yeah. And yeah. our hope is not in these characters. They are flawed human beings like we are flawed human beings. Yeah. Um, Hezekiah, man, like, he did so great and then just kind of didn't. Um, I, was, I, I was just reading a um, like a short little piece by J.D. JD Greer uh, just because I was kind of reading up on this Hezekiah's prayer. And he was saying that it seems like Hezekiah passed the test of adversity. Um, when it when something difficult came up to him, he did the right thing. He sought the Lord, but he failed the test of prosperity. And I think that's, that's a really interesting insight in that the Lord delivered Hezekiah from this really difficult situation and Hezekiah prospered. Like he allowed the Babylonians to come and see all his wonderful things, which is very stupid because (laughs) the Babylonians are the ones that are going to attack them and destroy them, Mm. which is why Isaiah is mad. Isaiah is like, dude, you seriously showed them all around the kingdom. Now they're going to know exactly where to go and exactly what to take, which is exactly what they do. But that's like some of that pride, that little yep. bit of arrogance that started to sneak in. And you see it, in, especially in these chapters of where he's asking for, like, healing. And it there's it's it seems unique in this story, but it happens all the time when people are just like, oh, I did that. Or I can, I can do this. Or I've done that for myself. Where it's like, no, actually, God allowed that. God did that. God healed this. God allowed you to be victorious against what was supposed to happen so when you put yourself in god's place it's it's not good it's ugly and hezekiah definitely seems to be a different person facing challenges Mm -hmm. uh, than he is when he's enjoying relative peace and prosperity and so i think that that is a really applicable your part for us um in that you know it's kind of cliche but like when you are experiencing hard things, what do you do? You go to God. Like we've we've experienced some hard things recently, and we prayed a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Um, our... We rolled out that 
that Sennacherib's whatever. <laughs> we rolled out the letter. We're like, look. <laughs> look what's going on. <laughs> Please quite. intervene. Not quite. Um, but when you come to a time of peace and prosperity, do you seek the Lord with the same amount of earnestness or do you allow just kind of like kind of a blame attitude to come over your life where you just don't think about mm-hmm. the Lord and you just don't enjoy a relationship with the Lord? And obviously, like with what Hezekiah actually says is like, oh, it's only going to affect my... Off, my offspring, my ancestors, what do I care? Well, that's interesting, too, like, turning a blind eye to what you know is going to impact others but isn't necessarily impacting you, like, That's ugh. not good. That's, that's not so, good. That's so obvious in our lives today, too, in multiple And it scenarios. seems so opposite of Hezekiah. Yeah. To be so not concerned about his people. Mm-hmm. Um, an- another thing that will develop as we read further Um, I think we're not going to be reading this for a little bit because we're going further into Isaiah. Um, Hezekiah's son is not a good dude. Like Manasseh is probably one of the more evil kings of Judah. And so it does appear that Hezekiah did not do a great job raising up a faithful heir. So there is is a red flag there about him. Uh, And tradition holds, it's not actually in the text, so you you can take this or leave this. Tradition holds that Manasseh is actually the one who killed Isaiah. It's not in the text. Um, We can't read the Bible and say that that's true. Um, But historical tradition says that Hezekiah's son is actually the one who murdered Isaiah. So Hezekiah didn't do great with his heirs. Yikes. Um, So just remember, like, really, you know, seek the Lord with everything that's in you, regardless of your circumstances, because ultimately we are God's children. We exist to glorify the Lord in all the things we do, whether that is hard times or good times. And that does seem to be what separates people who finish well and people who do not. Um, that, that prosperity, that peace seems to get to people pretty quickly. And as we've followed the history of these kings, it seems to get to almost every single one of these kings. Um, they, they start to do really well for themselves and they forget who the Lord is. So watch out for that in your own life. And I would say um, build some strong relationships with people who love the Lord and can speak into your life when they see that happening. Uh, it was actually a good thing that Hezekiah had Isaiah to be like, hey, what are you doing, dude? Like, this is not good. Um, so if you need if you need a prophet in your life, go find one uh, <laughs> and allow them to mentor you and do life with you and lead you well. So we'll be back again tomorrow. Uh, we're going to read some more Isaiah. So we'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening to our take today. Before we get into the reading, if we could just ask you one thing, uh, if you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us and then leave a rating and review, we'd love to hear from you. And every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word and your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today. Isaiah chapter 37. As soon as King Hezekiah heard it, he tore his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth and went into the house of the Lord. And he sent Eliakim, who was over the household, and Shebna the secretary, and the senior priests covered with sackcloth to the prophet Isaiah the son of Amos. They said to him, Thus says Hezekiah, This day is a day of distress, of rebuke, and of disgrace. Children have come to the point of birth, and there is no strength to bring them forth. It may be that the Lord your God will hear the words of the Rabshakeh, who his master, the king of Assyria, has sent to mock the living God, and will rebuke the words that the Lord your God has heard. Therefore, lift up your prayer for the remnant that is left. When the servants of King Hezekiah came to Isaiah, 
Isaiah said to them, Say to your master, Thus says the Lord, Do not be afraid because of the words that you have heard, with which the young men of the king of Assyria have reviled me. Behold, I will put a spirit in him, so that he shall hear a rumor and return to his own land, and I will make him fall by the sword in his own land. The Rabshakeh returned and found the king of Assyria fighting against Libna, for he had heard that the king had left Lachish. Now the king heard concerning Tirkah, the king of Cush. He has set out to fight against you. And when he heard it, he sent messengers to Hezekiah, saying, Thus shall you speak to Hezekiah, king of Judah. Do not let your God, in whom you trust, deceive you by promising that Jerusalem will not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Behold, you have heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all lands, devoting them to destruction. And shall you be delivered? Have the gods of the nations delivered them, the nations that my fathers des- destroyed? Gozen, Haran, Rezpah, and the people of Eden who were in Telassar? Where is the king of Hamath, the king of Arpad, the king of the city of Sepharvim, the king of Hena, or the king of Iva? Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your ears, O Lord, and see. Hear all the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to mock the living God. Truly, O Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste all the nations and their lands, and have cast their gods into the fire. For they were no gods, but the work of man's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they were destroyed. So now, O Lord our God, save us from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone are the Lord. Then Isaiah the son of Amoz sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Because you have prayed to me concerning Sennacherib, king of Assyria, this is the word that the Lord has spoken concerning him. She despises you. She scorns you, the virgin daughter of Zion. She wags her head behind you, the daughter of Jerusalem. Whom have you mocked and reviled? Against whom have you raised your voice and lifted your ears to the heights? Against the Holy One of Israel. By your servants you have mocked the Lord. And you have said, With many chariots I have gone up to the heights of the mountains to the far recesses of Lebanon, to cut down its tallest cedars, its choicest cypresses, to come to its remotest height, its most fruitful forest. I dug wells and drank waters, to dry up with the sole of my foot all the streams of Egypt. Have you not heard that I determined it long ago? I planned from days of old what now I bring to pass." that you should make fortified cities crash into heaps of ruins, while their inhabitants, shorn of strength, are dismayed and confounded, and have become like the plants of the field and like tender grass, like grass on the housetops blighted before it's grown. I know you're sitting down, and you're going out and coming in, and you're raging against me. Because you have raged against me, and your complacency has come to my ears, I will put my hook in your nose and my bit in your mouth, and I will turn you back on the way in which you came. And this shall be the sign for you. This year you shall eat what grows of itself, and in the second year what springs from that. Then in the third year sow and reap and plant vineyards and eat their fruit. And the surviving remnant of the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. For out of Jerusalem shall go a remnant, and out of Mount Zion a band of survivors. 
The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, He shall not come into this city, or shoot an arrow there, or come before it with a shield, or cast up a siege mound against it. By the way that he came, by the same he shall return. And he shall not come into this city, declares the Lord. For I will defend this city to save it, for my own sake, and for the sake of my servant David. And the angel of the Lord went out and struck down a hundred and eighty-five thousand in the camp of the Assyrians. And when the people arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead bodies. Then Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and returned home and lived at Nineveh. And as he was worshipping in the house of Nishrach his god, Ademelech and Shezar his son struck him down with the sword. And they, after they escaped into the land of Ararat, Ersadon his son reigned in his place. Chapter 38 In those days Hezekiah became sick and was at the point of death. And Isaiah the prophet the son of Amoz came to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die, you shall not recover. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, and said, Please, O Lord, remember how I have walked before you in faithfulness and with a whole heart, and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah, Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus says the Lord, The God of David your father, I have heard your prayer, and I have seen your tears. Behold, I will add fifteen years to your life. I will deliver you in this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and will defend this city. This shall be the sign to you from the Lord, that the Lord will do this thing that he has promised. Behold, I will make the shadow cast by the declining sun on the dial of Ahaz turn back ten steps, so that the sun turned back on the dial ten steps which it had declined. A writing of Hezekiah king of Judah after he had been sick and recovered from his sickness. I said in the middle of my days I must depart. I am consigned to the gates of Sheol for the rest of my years. I said, I shall not see the Lord, the Lord in the land of the living. I shall look on man no more among the inhabitants of the world. My dwelling is plucked up and removed from me, like a shepherd's tent. Like a weaver I have rolled up my life. He cuts me off from the loom. From day to night you bring me to an end. I calmed myself until morning. Like a lion he breaks all my bones. From the day to night you bring me to an end. Like a swallow or a crane, I chirp. I moan like a dove. My eyes are weary with looking upward. O Lord, I am oppressed. Be my pledge of safety. What shall I say? For he has spoken to me, and he himself has done it. I walk slowly on my years because of the bitterness of my soul. O Lord, by these things men live, and in all things is the life of my spirit. O restore me to health and make me live. Behold, it was for my welfare that I had a great bitterness, but in love you have delivered my life from the pit of destruction, for you have cast all my sins behind your back. For Sheol does not thank you, death does not praise you. Those who go down to the pit do not hope for your faithfulness. The living, the living, he thanks you, as I do this day. The Father makes known to the children your faithfulness. The Lord will save me and he will play my music on stringed instruments all the days of our lives at the house of the Lord. Now Isaiah had said, Let them take a cake of figs and apply it to the boil that he may recover. Hezekiah also had said, What is the sign that I shall go up to the house of the Lord? Chapter 39 
At that time, Merodach Beladon, the son of Beladon, king of Babylon, sent envoys with letters and a present to Hezekiah, for he had heard that he had been sick and had recovered. And Hezekiah welcomed them gladly. And he showed them his treasure house, the silver, the gold, the spices, the precious oil, his whole armory, and all that was found in his storehouses. There was nothing in the house or in all the realm that Hezekiah did not show them. Then Isaiah the prophet came to King Hezekiah and said to him, What did these men say, and from where did they come to you? Hezekiah said, They have come to me from a far away country, from Babylon. He said, What have they seen in your house? Hezekiah answered, They have seen all that is in my house. There is nothing in my storehouses that I did not show them. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord of hosts. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and all that which your fathers have stored up till this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. And some of your own sons who will come from you, whom you will father, shall be taken away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah said of Isaiah, The word of the Lord that you have spoken is good, for he thought there will be peace and security in my days. Psalm 76 In Judah God is known, his name is great in Israel. His abode has been established in Salem, his dwelling place in Zion. There he broke the flashing arrows, the shield, the sword, and the weapons of war. Glorious are you, more majestic than the mountains full of prey. The stout-hearted were stripped of their spoil. They sank into sleep. All the men of war were unable to use their hands. At your rebuke, O God of Jacob, both rider and horse lay stunned. But you, you are to be feared. Who can stand before you when once your anger is aroused? From the heavens you uttered judgment. The earth feared and was still. When God arose to establish judgment to save all the humble of the earth, Surely the wrath of man shall praise you. The remnant of wrath you will put on like a belt. Make your vows to the Lord, your God, and perform them. Let all around him bring gifts to him who is to be feared, who cuts off the spirit of princes, who is to be feared by the kings of the earth. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.